Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat teaching by Rabbi Rebecca Schatz. So first I want to tell you a funny story. I named this source sheet that you'll get in a second and this class bringing Chabad into our future. Don't be scared. I'm not, I'm not going to change Tel Betham into a Chabad. It'd be pretty funny if I did. But the funny story I want to tell you, some of you, especially Stuart Tochner, might remember. When I applied for this job at Temple Betham, I had to write a cover letter, which if anybody's applied for a job, you've probably done the same. And one of the things that I wanted to express in the cover letter was the creativity and the type of teaching and learning that I wanted to bring to Betham. So I used a common phrase used in Judaism, chokhmah, bina, and da'at. And I said, I want to bring chokhmah, bina, and da'at to Temple Betham. And what that means is I wanted to bring wisdom, I wanted to bring knowledge, and I wanted to bring experience and creativity to Temple Betham if I was given the position of assistant rabbi. So my cover letter was read, and I got a call that... Do you remember this at all, Stuart? You don't? Okay. I got a call to say that I had been given my first... Uh, interview via Zoom, which no one knew how to use back in the day. And it actually might have been Skype, whatever. It was on video. And Rabbi Klickfeld called to tell me that I had been given this first interview. And <laughs> he said, we're very excited, but I have one question. And I said, sure, yeah, what's the, what's the question? And he said, I'm kind of confused that in your cover letter, you're trying to make Betham into Chabad. And I said, I don't, what do you, what, I don't know what that means. I, I didn't write that in my cover letter. <laughs> like, whose cover letter did you read? That wasn't my cover letter. And he said, well, you said you wanted to bring Chochmah, Bina, and Dat, and that's the acronym that makes Chabad. And I said, I had no idea that that's what Chabad stood for. Um, so this is not me trying to bring Chabad to Temple Betham in Rabbi Klickfeld's absence. But I do want to talk about Chochmah, Bina, and Dat. <clears throat> In this week's Parsha, wow, that was big, whatever that was. In this week's Parsha, we hear this phrase again. We hear the phrase when God is telling Moshe to find leaders. So I'm going to pass out these sheets. Uh, I'm going to pass out these sheets. This is a part of the Torah we didn't actually read today. This is in the first chapter of Deuteronomy. So really way at the beginning of the fifth book of our Torah. No, you don't have to share. There's enough. And it says here, I'm just going to read it in the English until I get to the phrase that I'm, that I'm interested in you hearing in the Hebrew. See, I place the land at your disposal. Go take possession of the land that Adonai swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to assign to them and to their heirs after them. Thereupon I said to you, I cannot bear the burden of you by myself. God is saying, I can't do this alone. I've recognized in the past four books of Torah that I can't do this alone. Moshe already knows he's not going to go into the land. So what does it mean for Moshe to not be going into the land and to God to be leading these people into the land? So he says, I can't do it alone. The next phrase, Havu lachem anashim, chachamim, unevonim, 
וידועים. לשבטיכם ואשימם בראשיכם. What that means in English is bring for you people. And interestingly, the, our, our commentators are going to translate this as men, but anashim really just means people. Chachamim, those who are wise. Nevonim, those who have wisdom. Sorry, those who have knowledge. It says here discerning. The yeduim, and those who are experienced. Or as we might talk about a person today, those who have been around, who have seen that which we do. They've lived by example, and they've lived lives of, lives of experience. Those are the people that you're going to put as your heads of this, of this community. They're going to be the ones that are going to lead you. So Chochmah, Bina, and Da'at comes up here. So when I saw that in this week's Parsha, I thought to myself, it's fascinating that this is brought up in terms of the leaders of our community because there are two other places where this is brought up in our Torah and it doesn't necessarily have to do with people. It might have to do with a person, but it also has to do with a type of experience. So before you read on, which some of you already have because I can see you all, the when it says chokhmah, bina, and da'at, what do you think that means? In your own words, what, what is chokhmah, what is knowledge, what is bina, what is wisdom, and what is da'at, some kind of understanding or experience? What does that mean? Usually I don't have no, no one to speak. This is shul. You should all be speaking. Yeah, Alan. Okay. Okay. Okay, great. So knowledge, we're actually going to see a very similar, Rashi thought similarly about tomatoes. Um, Alan said that his, that his son taught him that knowledge is knowing that tomato is a fruit, but wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad, right? So knowledge might be just kind of the surface level stuff you know. I'm, I'm purposefully not saying understand, but just the stuff you know. And then wisdom might be one step deeper, one step beyond just oh, that is a tomato, that is fruit, but knowing that just because it's called a fruit, it doesn't go in a fruit salad. Yes, Cindy. Great. Great. So da'at is an emotional intelligence about all of it, right? So I don't know what the example would be with a tomato, but being able to take something that you know something about and then have an emotional awareness about what that might mean for that item or for what you are going to do with that knowledge that you have. Any other thoughts? Chokhmah, Bina, and Da'at. Okay. So, oh, yeah. Great. <clears throat> Great. So one without the other is not necessarily the whole package, is not necessarily helpful. If you just have academic knowledge, you're not going to do, potentially, as well in social situations. If you only have what we might call street smarts, you might not have the ability to do as well if you did not go to school and have the same kind of academic understanding and knowledge. Right? Obviously, I'm generalizing. That's not always the case. But it is interesting to think that these these three things need to go together to have something wholesome, whether that's a person, whether that's a creation, whether that's an experience. Anything else? Yeah, Austin. Great. Wisdom often comes with experience. So maybe not just that you need all three, but maybe one actually comes from the other, right? You might not be able to even experience one without having the other. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So Janine's saying that there are attributes that come with 
maturity, with age, or potentially with experience, right? No, doing more in your life, you gain more wisdom, right? You might gain more knowledge that these things come, come with time, come with experience, come with maturity. So Rashi says, similar to Yaakov, uh, Alan's son, Rashi says, wise and understanding, people who can understand a matter of, uh, by comparison with another matter. So who can understand, uh, it says in Hebrew, it's actually better in Hebrew than it is in English. It says, mevinim devar mitoch devar, that you actually understand something within another something, right? That it's not just surface level, but that you actually understand that which is beneath it, that which has a little bit more uh, substance to it. So this is what a guy named Arios said to Rabbi Yossi. What is the difference between wise people and understanding people? A wise person is like a rich money changer. When people bring a person dinars to examine, to value, they examine them. And when they do not bring them to him, he sits and he doesn't do anything. Right? Okay, there's no money in front of me, so I don't have to do my job. Right? I don't have to, I don't have to figure out what this money is because there's no money in front of me. A person who is understanding, however, is like a merchant money changer. When they bring coins to examine, the person examines them. And when they, when they do not bring coins, that person goes out and brings their own money in. Right? They're, they're proactive. They're active in the situation. They're not just passive. There might be a lot of knowledge in that person who was passive and had the money come into them, and then they, they figured out what that money was for and, and how to understand it and change it. But the person who has understanding, who has that deeper level, now sees, oh, there's no longer anything in front of me. I should go out and get some more of whatever it is, in this case money, so that I can do that which, that which my job, that which my knowledge is telling me I can do. And then Ibn Ezra, another commentator, says that full of knowledge means a person who was actually known. I, I disagree with this a little bit, um, though according to the grammar of this text in Devarim, it would be that someone who is known as opposed to someone who has had experience. But I don't, I don't understand how those three things actually go together. Wise, understanding, and known to people. I mean, maybe, but I think what would, what would be, what is nicer to imagine is that it's not just someone who is known to others, but is knowing of that which is going on. Like what Janine said in terms of having had experiences, being able to experience that which is around them. So this is our Parsha. This is our Parsha where Chokhmah, Bina, and Da'at come in. And then I want us to look at the place where it comes in, I would say most prominently, maybe most famously, and I imagine this is where Chabad took it from, though, again, I didn't, I didn't even know until recently that that's where the, where the Chabad um, acronym came from. This is Exodus 3530. This is when God is asking Betzalel to create the, the Mikdash, to create the temple. Betzalel was this, was this artist who did beautiful work and created the temple, and he was asked because he had chokhmah, bina, and da'at. Because he had skill, ability, and knowledge is how it's translated in Exodus. So this is what it says here. And Moses said to the Israelites, See, God has singled out by name Bitzalel, endowing him with a divine spirit of chokhmah, of skill, of bina, of ability, and da'at, knowledge, 
in everything that, that he will do. So now we're taking it, though we're, it's back in our Torah, we're taking it one step forward in terms of what is Chochmah, Bina, and Da'at. It's quite literally the skill to be able to do something, in Batsalel's case, architecture. The ability to understand how things go together, not just, oh, I have an art, I have a skill, but actually the ability to do it. And then the knowledge of why it should be done. Maybe the intentionality, maybe that's a better word for how it was going to help the temple be something that was of importance and something that would gather people together. So Rashi, I gave you Exodus 31.3 because if you turn the page over, because that's what Rashi comments on. It just, it's, um, it's an earlier verse that says the same thing. So Rashi says, Chokhmah, wisdom, is what a person hears from others and learns and then makes their own. So if you are in school, you're hearing from a teacher, you're hearing from friends, you're learning from them, but then ultimately you leave the classroom and it becomes your own knowledge, right? Two plus two is still going to equal four, but the way that you learned that and the way that you heard it is going to be different for you than it is for your classmates sitting next to you. Bina or Tfuna is how it's written in the Torah, is understanding a matter by one's own intelligence, deducing it from the things one has already learned. So again, that one step deeper, being able to say, okay, I understand this, but now I know that there's this deeper layer here because of the other things that I know in my life. I know that two plus two equals four because my teacher told me so, but I also now know that two plus two equals four because I've had two apples and two oranges in my home and that meant that I had four pieces of fruit, right? I'm giving basic examples, but just to show you that there's that deeper element, right? You come to that on your own. That wasn't taught to you. You came to that by living. And then Da'at Rashi says means Ruach HaKodesh, holy inspiration. So when Betzalel was creating this Mikdash, this temple, he was doing it with Da'at, with some kind of inspiration, some kind of uh, divine attention to be able to make it something that would gather people together. Any thoughts on this? Yeah, Brent. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. It's a really, that's a very interesting point that nowhere does it say, Brent said, that this is that this wisdom or this understanding should then be shared out with the people. I, I think that probably the situations in which we're hearing this phrase, chokhmah, bina, and dat, are all sharing out experiences, right? To create leaders for the community, to create a temple that's going to gather people. In a moment, we're going to see creating the earth and creating our homes with this. So you're right. There's nothing that says, oh, and once you have this, wisdom, take it and give it to someone else. But it seems to be that it's the way in which we create our future by putting, putting these elements into the, the moments, the people, the spaces that are going to gather us together to share it. Stu. Yeah. True. True. Great. So Stuart was mentioning that this is also the same book where we hear Tzedek Tzedek Tirdof, which means justice, justice, you shall pursue or we shall pursue. And that this is the way in which we 
give this wisdom or show this experience or share this dot, this knowledge with others is by putting justice into the world, being able to share that as a way of making the world a better place. Other, other thoughts on this? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I don't know your name. Kenry, nice to meet you. Okay, great, great, great. Great. So you and Stuart agree that there, that there is something about this that needs that action piece afterwards. And again, I think we're going to see in a second when I bring together these three different places that it's been, that this phrase has been used, that the action is what happens based on these three elements. So you're, you're pointing out something that even though it's not explicit, it's implicit in reading these three words in the way in which these elements of our lives are then created. So the next piece that we're going to see is from Proverbs, from Michelet. And what, what's interesting here is that the first piece that I'm going to share from chapter 3, verse 19, is that God founds the earth in wisdom. God establishes the heavens in understanding. And by God's knowledge, the depths burst apart and the skies distill dew. Let's not focus on the skies distilling dew for this, for this point, but, but lovely. Um, this idea that the earth is created now in different moments and in different kind of concentric circles by this wisdom, that we get all of those different aspects of wisdom, understanding, and knowledge by being part of the world. Whether you read this as someone who believes that then we have to take care of the world to find those things, that is definitely one way of reading this. The other way of reading this is just by being in the world. This is you know, where, where I, as an experiential educator, find great thrill that just by living, you are going to learn certain things, right? By being out in the the world, you're going to learn certain things about the world, right? About, about different smarts that you might also acquire in a classroom, but that you will experience out in the world to be able to see them and to feel them and to know them. It's why camp, by the way, is so wonderful for kids. Any kind of camp. I happen to go to a Jewish camp, but that's why it's so incredible for kids to learn about their Judaism at camp because they're living it. They're not being told, sit down, read this book, do this thing. Sometimes they are, but they're doing it as part of living. They're doing Birkat Hamazon, the grace after meals, as just a part of the meal. You're not going to leave until you do Birkat Hamazon. So they're living that experience of life, and they're gaining that wisdom, and they're gaining that knowledge of Judaism. The last one is that we're supposed to build our houses in this way. A house is built by wisdom, and it's established by understanding. By knowledge are its rooms filled with all precious and beautiful things. So when we're creating a home, whether that's because we're about to get married and create a home as a family, or because we're creating a home that is new to us and exciting to us, that the house needs to also be built on these three things. Not necessarily the skill and ability, but that wisdom, the understanding of what is going to come into this home, what are our values, what are the things that we wish to hold dear in this home as a family, and then knowledge of that which is going to be the experience. And things are not always going to be great. And things are not always going to be bad. But the experience, the knowledge that you will get 
from living within that home and having those moments of ups and downs and front and back and not knowing which way is up and chaos and calm, that's what allows you to understand what a home is. So ultimately, this verse that I put at the bottom here is that this actually comes right after we're told that Betzalel, this artist, needs to have chokhmah, bina, and dat. He needs to have this wisdom, this knowledge, and this experience. But ultimately, God assigns to him Aholiav, the son of Achisamach, of the tribe of Dan, and into the hearts of every person who is wise of heart, I have given wisdom. Uvelev kochacham lev natati chokhmah. First of all, we hear the word chacham here multiple times and the word lev here multiple times. Above all, you can have wisdom and you can have knowledge and you can have experience. But if your heart is not open to those things, is not open to the wisdom that you might gain, to the knowledge that you have or that you might learn from someone else or to the experiences that you might have, then it's as if it happens all the time. Don't worry about it. It's as if you're not living the life to be able to gain those things. Because even after Betzalel was told that he had wisdom and knowledge and experience, he was told that not only he, but the people around him needed to be wise of heart to also gain that wisdom. So I hope that what we're able to take from this is that in living life, when we have these moments of gaining wisdom of being able to experience the things around us, of being able to teach or to be able to learn, that we also recognize that some of that has to come from just an openness of our heart, an openness to be willing to listen, to be able to have a new experience, to be able to say, this is, this is what it is and I'm going to take it for what it is right now so that I can then learn from it. Because if your heart is closed, we won't be able to have that wisdom or that knowledge or ultimately a life full of experience. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am, Los Angeles, go to TBA. LA.org.